Hello, friends from the podcast universe. Welcome back to the Silk Road Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 1. I'm your host, Kay Kai, and today I'm joined by two wonderful guests. First, let's welcome Rachel Castro. Hello. And also, Anya Basa. Hi, guys! <laughs> very, very energetic. We're back, and once again, we are ready to bring you the silkiest podcast out there. This episode was also produced in partnership with the Ateneo Blue Repertory, the Ateneo Celadon, Chinoy TV, Manila Downtown YMCA Youth Club, St. Jude Catholic School Student Council, and the UST Scarlet Central. As always, in this podcast, we aim to talk about everything Philippi, that is the Filipino Chinese culture. To the new people tuning in, welcome! We hope you enjoy the Silk Road experience. And to our returning listeners, welcome back! We hope that this episode entertains and enlightens you just as much as our prior ones. Okay, so as per tradition and as customary, we need a very corny joke to start this episode. Does anyone have one? Um, okay, okay, I have one. I have one. So, where do Mythbusters sleep? Where, Rachel? Where? where? In the bunk bed. <laughs> Thank you for your joke, Rachel. Thank you for your time. Um, next, please. <laughs> wow! Thank you for laughing, Grabe. <laughs> okay, now that that's over, let's talk about our actual topic. Are there any of you curious, or do you anything know about what we're going to talk about today? I mean, I know. I decided on what the topic would be. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for your I mean, you ask. Anya, Anya? I, I don't think Anya knows about the topic, Rachel. Do you want to tell her? Well, okay. So, our topic is mythology. Ooh. 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 Interesting. Ooh. Ooh. That's interesting because, like, as we all know, Chinese myths are. A huge part of Chinese culture because they shape a lot of what the next generation or the, our children thinks. Myths are the stories that parents, most parents, tell their children, right? Well, I personally think that myths are really interesting and fun because I grew up with a lot of different myths. Like I was really into Greek mythology, and my parents told me a lot about Chinese mythology, and <laughs> my Filipino teacher told me a lot about Filipino mythology. So I feel like. Myths they shape how I am as a person, and they and kind of shape my moral values because most myths have like a good moral ending, and they teach you how to be a better person, deva. Right? Yes. Sure. I enjoy myths, but um, did you guys grow up with myths? I grew up reading the Bible in a Christian household, but then I also read Percy Jackson and got into Greek mythology. Ooh, interesting, interesting. So not too much for Chinese myths. No, not really. Well, for me, wala po kasi ako masyadong alam sa myths. Pero when it comes to Chinese myths, yung pinaka po na naaalala ko is about the butterfly lovers. I don't know if you're familiar with that, pero medyo, medyo parang yung dinabasa ko po yung medyo naiyak ako. Kasi bakit naman po ganun yung ending? <laughs> I don't think I'm familiar with this specific variation or the specific myth myth would Anya like to give a very short overview of what happened um long story short but that tragic love sorry po yon <laughs> hindi po sila nagkatuluyan <laughs> pero 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 guys wait 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 sa afterlife nagkatuluyan sila wow sobrang tragic na naiyak na si Anya while she's telling. True, true, true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, tragic love stories are kind of like a common theme in Chinese myths. Mm-hmm, right? Didn't mm-hmm. they do an episode in episode five, like the Great Wall, where it's the crying lady? Yes, there's like a crying lady, and then I think Auntie Steph like reenacted it for like a sponsorship segment. Actually, Anya, I'll tell you about the crying myth lady. So we were talking about the Great Wall in episode five, and it's not like the Great Wall, Great Wall, which we did give like a Wikipedia overview. But we were talking more of like the cultural Great Wall, wherein Chinese people aren't allowed to marry Filipino people. But we go in depth in it in our episode mm-hmm. five. So feel free to check it out. But in that episode, we did a segment wherein we talked about a Chinese myth of a girl 
was waiting for her husband to come back from building the wall. And then I think her, her husband died while building the wall. And then she cried so hard that she broke the wall with her tears. Oh my god! Right. And then, then Atiste reenacted that bit. Grabe po talaga epekto ng love talaga. Iba talaga nagagawa. Pati yung luha! Breaking down walls. Breaking down walls and building bridges. The Silk yeah. Road. Yes. The Silk Road <laughs> motto. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so that happened. But for today, we're going to be talking about two very popular myths decided by our writers through a poll. Uh, that has been very popular throughout the centuries in China and continues to be the childhood of many kids growing up today. Do you guys have any guesses? Like, think of the most popular Chinese bits out there. Um, is it like the zodiac one where they raised? No, but I think it's one of our future episodes, so keep an eye out. Is it something related to dragons? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, not dragon, but close. Like, think of another animal with like a slithery body, like lizards. A reptile, yes, a reptile, but not a lizard. Um, snakes then. Yes, the first myth is about the white snake. Hmm. Have you guys heard of it? Nope. No. Well then, it would be an honor for me to narrate and tell you guys about this story. Okay, I'm going to turn on storytelling mode and I hope you guys enjoy. So, a long, long, long time ago, there was a white snake and a green snake living in a mountain. And these two snakes, they obtained the means to immortality. So these were two immortal snakes. They got bored living in the mountains and they were like, ah, I want to find something to do with my immortal life. What should I do? And then they decided to transform into two beautiful women and then started visiting the human world. They started exploring. They really liked the scenery. They really liked the people they met here. I mean, do you guys? I mean, I like the people I meet here. <laughs> But they eventually, one of them, the white snake, ran into a man named Xu Xian or Just call it like, the same Xuxian, who was a very talented herbalist. The white snake, whose name was Bai Suzhen, fell in love with him. And then the green snake, being the good best friend that she is, told Bai Dai, Xuxian, about Bai Suzhen's feelings. And then Xuxian felt the same way. And so the two of them eventually got married. And then they opened a herbal medicine shop together and their business flourished. Entrepreneurship. Isn't it like so sweet? Sure. I mean, kakakilig. <laughs> diba? I like it so much. What about you, Rachel? What do you think? What are your thoughts on it? They, mm-hmm. they skipped a couple of steps there. <laughs> so for you, it's too fast. <laughs> oh, like, they, just met, they just met. Rachel White Snake it. fell in love with mm-hmm. the guy. Mm-hmm. Also, and then they joined the business. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it makes perfect sense for me. Romance, we support mm. that. Love, spread love, not hate. Uh-huh, it kind of sounds like a Disney film where they like, <laughs> and like fell in love at first sight. But unfortunately, that's not how Chinese films end. That's not how Chinese tales end. What is a Chinese film without a tragic love story to it? Mm. So what actually happened was that Yes, they did indeed fall in love with each other and start their medicine shop. However, one day, a monk named Fahai, who is super <sighs> KSP, <laughs> a monk named Fahai came to the shop and then he spoke to Sushen. Sushen, Sushen, ha, yun asawa mo nyan na your wife ha is is not human ah, and then she's a demon ha, and then you should like. Give her this wine that I give you on the fifth day of the fifth month, and then she will turn into a demon. Trust me, trust me. And then so, our main guy did it. Like he literally did it, and it's so sad. But he did it, and then she Bai Suzhen turned into a snake right before his eyes, and she passed out because well, he gave her poison basically. And then and then Shi Xian died of shock from seeing his wife turning into a snake. So. Actually, what happened 
Uh-huh. Very interesting about this whole snake thing. It's like, it kind of sounds like the selkie myth, you know, where like have like a body and then they go into their human form to like be with the humans. And then there's like a love story in between. Sure, but like, that's not the point. The point is you should be mad at Fahai. Like, what the heck? But I was, ne- I was never really invested in their love story in the first place. Did I do a bad job storytelling, Rachel? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, Anya. She was the one that was listening. Well, for me, Achike did a great job sa pagta sa pagkukwento kasi ako kinileg o oh, tapos na apektuhan pa ako naman tayo kasi shootin <laughs> na apektuhan ako I mean like I understand ko. I understand that a healthy relationship should involve communication and it would have been better if you told him about her being a demon but like if you think about that probably um, it's probably not common in Chinese society to accept a demon wife pero ang chismosa talaga ng monk okay, did he have to end such a healthy happy not that healthy but happy relationship okay but wait okay so you know how like myths are generally trying to like explain something right so like mm-hmm. what does this myth explain it's just a love story well I think it's if we end there it's trying to tell us that we should monks with weird potions and poison and and telling who are telling you to get to your significant other but also if we want a better moral it's probably to be honest and upfront about who you are so like are these myths are like more on telling a moral lesson than like explaining a natural phenomenon because like i'm pretty sure the greek myths are more of explaining natural phenomena right actually i don't I think you're right there, because I feel like Chinese people, um, yeah, I feel like their myths. Some do explain natural phenomena, but some are just here for the sake of fun. And I think some Greek myths are also there for the sake of fun. Actually, okay. there is more to this story. <laughs> uh huh. Go on. Um, distraught and disheartened and heartbroken, Bai Sujin immediately went on a journey to risk her life. To obtain a magical herb on the peaks of the Kunlun Mountains, the herb is said to grant immortality and resurrect the dead. So, of course, our main protagonist, our girl, our, our strong Bai Sujin, has to go and get it for her one and only true love, Deva. Right? This is a Disney film. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a Chinese myth. The herb was guarded on top of the mountain by an old band of the South Pole and his two disciples, Deer Boy and White Crane Boy. <laughs> two disciples fought, fought Bai Sujin really aggressively to prevent her from stealing the herb because stealing. I think that's what Chinese are trying to tell us stealing is bad. Yeah, you see how diverse Chinese myths are? We have so many different lessons. Like, However, stealing is bad and I, don't trust monks. <laughs> and the old man got, you know, touched by her. Most of us get killing and most of us support young couples, you know, Rachel. So the old man ask Anya. Out of <laughs> Every time you ask me something about Roman, I'm just gonna refer you to Anya. Yes, for I agree for support. So basically, the old man gave her the herb out of sympathy, and then she gave it to her dead husband, who then resurrected, and then they lived happily ever after because his, her husband was like, "I don't care if you're a demon or not. I love you just the way you are." Yeah. Wait, okay. so this also explains sort of love yourself moral story? You know, Disney should adopt this film. I think it has betrayal. It has an epic fight between like the, the snake and the two disciples. It also has like a tragic love story that ends with a happy ending. It's so not so that Disney. tragic. Yeah. Petition for Disney to adopt this into a story. Yes, please. Okay. For romance, Rachel. Well, for culture sharing. Okay, any questions? Okay, let's switch. So, nakakatilig kasi 
akala natin yung una, oh, tragic pala, ganyan, ganyan, hindi na sila magkakatuloy. Paano na, paano na, paano natin, paano na natin maabangan yung, yung love story nila kaso mabuti na lang. Oh my God, yung main, main character natin na babae, mm, strong siya, strong, independent woman, we saw this. <laughs> yes, yes, my God. Women's supremacy, yes. <laughs> oh, ayan, siya pa talaga ang, ang lumabang para sa pagmamahalan nila. I know, right? Because like, oh my god, you reminded me of this. But like, this story was actually from like the Song Dynasty, which is like thousands of years ago, na. So imagine women empowerment, women power mm-hmm. was like famous mm-hmm. na since Song Dynasty. Ah, when was we we support and, this. We stand it. And like speaking of Disney films, this is kind of like a reversal to the. To the trope in Disney films where like the guy, the prince is always the one saving the girl or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which is why I really think that we should adopt this film. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. But also, it shows how the duality of man in a way, or like men and women in, in a sense, wherein we're not all completely good or completely bad. Because mm-hmm. like, if you think about it, uh, Pai Soojin, her scamming her husband obviously was not Good, but it wasn't entirely evil, was it? Like she was in love with him, right? I mean, if you were in a relationship and then you decide to hide a very significant part of yourself from your lover, that would be quite bad, deba. She was still willing to risk her life and do the good thing of like bringing her lover back. I'll bet it can also be argued for selfish reasons. But basically, let's just let's just simplify it and just go like lying bad. Saving people, good. Okay. It shows how the duality of the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like we can support a protagonist who does bad things and still recognize that it's bad. Yeah, she. Well, she has a choice, but uh, whatever. Moving on, Chinese bits. Uh, yeah, I think. So, so um, you know how we mentioned Disney, right? Are there like? Instances where Chinese media has already depicted this. Besides from traditional literature, the story is also very popular in many adoptions, such as the Legend of Shanti Shadow Puppetry, wherein people would sing about this in ballads, and they would also do a puppet show on this, and also like comic strips. Uh, I I'm pretty sure this this the multiple TV series. Of the same name because, as I said, it is a really popular story in China, and we hope to be able to like to spread stories. And I think there's also been heard of like similar variations in Japan, North Korea, Vietnam, and in. Where it started, like who started this whole? Did a whole segment on the history of Chinese myths. Thank you to our writers, but our writer said that. Many historians think that lots of Chinese, that most of the Chinese methodology actually originated from the 12th century BCE, meaning that these tales have been passed down orally for over thousands of years before they were actually written down. Isn't that cool? So, doesn't that mean like it like of it already? Yeah, not heard of how rumors pass around in class. One thing you say could become something completely different. But also, I think that adds on to the beauty of myths. Because no, myths mean different things to different people. The moral you get from this story could be very different from the moral I get from this story. And the personal meaning I attribute to this story is different from yours. As I said, the Bible in my book, strong growing up memory. But for me, it could mean it could not grow up in a heavily religious Christian household. So mm-hmm. I think the same for these myths, wherein the value you attribute to them and the amount of relativity depends on you as a person and your own experiences. Wait, I have a. Do you think yes. like before when these myths were being told, do you think like the people then actually believe them? I think this is an interesting question. We should speculate on this. Probably believe it to some extent because. People have believed a lot of strange stuff. I mean, all of them, because 
we have technology and science and modernization to attribute for a lot of our beliefs. Back then, myths were known as what people turned to for knowledge and to explain scenarios or just natural scenarios that they couldn't explain themselves. Diba? Yeah, you want you want to add it? So, feeling ko ganyan, wala silang choice kung hindi maniwala. Wala, pano, like, 50-50 eh. Hindi naman kasi ma... magsistart yung mga myths kung walang pinanggalingan or like hindi sila makikreate o walang pinagmulan. Maaring sa iba, gawa-gawa o sabi-sabi lang. Pero since kung iisipin natin na kung kumbaga nandun tayo sa panahon nila, parang wala tayong choice kundi maniwala na lang. Kasi what if totoo nga, ba diba? Tapos hindi tayo naniwala. So, yun. Interesting. The only option was to believe in something that could be real or believe in the unknown. I think most humans would choose to believe in a story, a wonderfully delight, a wonderful and delightful story, diba? So these these myths are more of like like they actually they treat them as science, kind of like how we treat science and not like how we treat fairy tales. We're speculating here. We're all, all of I think it depends on societal cultures. Because if we look at Filipino culture and like Filipino society and back then, we believed in how the sun would eat. Uh, we believed in how a giant snake would eat the sun during the apocalypse. So I think this is just a common theme throughout history. Without science, people resort to fabricating wonderful tales, which has peppered my childhood at least and made me a very happy kid. Interesting. Yeah, makes sense. On that note, I think we can take a break there. This episode is sponsored by all of the chismosas and chismosos who contributed to orally transmitting all of these stories throughout the years. We wouldn't have such wonderful myths if it wasn't for each and every single one of you. This episode was also produced in partnership with the Ateneo Blue Repertory, the Ateneo Celadon, Chinoy TV, Manila Downtown YMCA Youth Club, St. Jude Catholic School Student Council, and the UST Scarlet Central. On a last note, I just wanted to mention to our listeners that we now have included a GDoc survey in our episode description so that you guys can leave us all of your comments and feedbacks. Okay, that's all. Thank you. Back to our show. And we're back. Okay, moving on to our second myth. We are going to be talking about Sun Wukong or the Monkey King. Wait, who is this? So, sino po siya? Ano po siya? <laughs> okay, so storytelling mode. Start. So, basically, The Legend of Sun Wukong first appeared in the Song Dynasty era adventure novel titled Journey to the West. The plot kind of revolves around this monk named Tang San Chang. So, if the monk in the earlier story was bad, this monk is good. He's good. He's really good. So, he's a lowly Buddhist monk who journeys from his birthplace in southern China to India because he wants to bring back the holy writings and enlighten his people. So, how do we tell the monks apart? If a monk is trying to poison you and your or your wife, then he's bad. If a monk is trying to go to India to get enlightenment and bring it back to his people, he's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Copy, noted, noted. Noted, noted. Be sure, guys. This is this is this is this is valuable information that you're only getting through the Silk Road podcast. This is so relevant. Yes, important. So basically, what the monk has to do with Sun Wukong is that um, Sun Wukong serves as this monk's bodyguard throughout his journey to the West to get these enlightened paper or treating. So. Should I start storytelling mode or do you guys have any questions to clarify before? Okay, why? Story time. Story time. Why does it have to be Sun Wukong? Because um this would be explained in our story time. Oh. <laughs> okay. Continue then. So, story time. In ancient times, a magical rock sat atop the Mount Huako. One day, However, a strong breeze swept over the rock, causing the rock to burst open, and out popped a monkey boy, a grown monkey, who emerged from stone. And despite the fact that the monkey was recently born, he was somehow already able to walk and speak. This monkey was known as Sun Wukong, and when he opened his eyes, golden beams of light shot forward from his pupils, piercing the cloud and startling our Jade Emperor, or the Yu Huang. 
When the Jade Emperor looked for the source of the strange light, all he could see was a baby monkey. And the Jade Emperor was like, it's just a monkey, who cares? So, but like, so is just this, a monkey. Wait, let me guess the last one. Is it going to be don't underestimate baby monkeys? <laughs> Perhaps. I think that's a good lesson. <laughs> yes. Yes, Rachel, yes. Okay. They might see their bananas. What? Monkeys. Oh. Will, will they I not see their bananas? Huh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, we need to be careful of baby monkeys because they might steal your bananas and they also might shoot light out from their pupils. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> be cautious around baby monkeys. Noted, so, noted. So in Take the notes. journey to the west, the book, um, as Sun Wukong started exploring the forest, because that was where he was born, he came across many other monkeys and he decided to live with them. And then... One day, when the group was lounging near a waterfall, they decided to play a game. Whoever was brave enough to jump through the falls and find the stream stars would be named the King of Monkeys. Sun Wukong, being the little brave and... I would say stupid, but the brave monkey that he is, immediately jumped through the waterfall and traveled up the stream to find its source. His mission was successful and he returned shortly and proclaimed himself as the King of Monkeys. So, our little monkey who shoots lights out of his eyes now is now known as the King of Monkeys. What a rise to power. Okay. Yes. So with the support of his fellow forest monkeys, Sun Wukong quickly established himself as a powerful forest demon that would go on to fight, battle the Dragon King and other demons. So basically, after calling himself the Monkey King, he went on to fight many demons and mythical creatures and so like Hercules and his seven labors but basically he fought many de- mythical creatures of from mythology and slowly but surely he gained he gained rewards such as strong weapons and um such as strong weapons and his name became much more famous and he was known as the monkey king who could beat, beat you up with his signature gold chainmail shirt phoenix cap walk cloud walking boots and a magical eight ton staff so it was like a staff that could if I'm not mistaken, it was like a stick that looked like a staff that looked like the stick that could grow in size and shrink and it's very painful and that's what he used to fight people with. Questions? Huh. Wait, didn't you say weapons? He fought for weapons? Because like, if you fight a demon kasi, and after the demon dies, you can take the demon stuff. So basically, he got a lot of spoils of, of, of fight. I would say spoils of war, but it wasn't a war. It was just him versus some mythical creature. Okay, wait. The only video game I play is Minecraft, but this is sounding really like like an M- MMORPG. Am I saying that right? Um, you know those like games I, where you play character. This is basically a video game. This is basically a video game before video games were existed. So back then, people would be bored and they would just read the story of like a monkey going on adventures and then beating people up and getting their money, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. that sound interesting and fun to you? Yes. Okay. Sure. I mean, I wouldn't read so, that. Wait, did you say book? Yeah, it was a really fat book. Written in Chinese. No, it was written in English, and it was from America. Oh? Wait, are you being sarcastic? <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> okay, but, so like, yeah. how did they print this book? It was transmitted orally. Like, you can go around and say, you know what, Sun Wukong did this. Like, one of the stories of Sun Wukong has is that when the Yen Wang or when the Dead King, the Dead Grim Reaper, came, came to get him, mm-hmm. came to collect his soul, Sun Wukong was like, uh, kind of really smart. He somehow managed to trick the Dead King into not having him go through reincarnation. And before leaving hell, he made sure to erase, erase him and every other forest monkey's name from the Book of Life and Death. And so yeah, they, they also have die. they also have a book of life and death. Yes, we have that in Chinese history and oh. Chinese Chinese mythology. Interesting. <laughs> okay. But like when the when the Jade Emperor, so like the the Green Reaper or the Death King, got mad 
and he went to the Jade Emperor and he cried about how boohoo Monkey Boy came and bullied me. <laughs> Watch out for baby monkeys. <laughs> Guess he didn't when, get the memo. He's not baby anymore. He's 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 Monkey Boy now. Well, fine. Watch out for big monkeys. Be so aware, guys. Be aware. <laughs> yes, yes. Be aware. Be aware All for monkeys. All kinds of monkeys are dangerous. Yes, and so when the Jade Emperor heard of like this Sunu Kong and all of his mischievous shenanigans, he decided that the best way to control Sunu Kong was to make him live next to him in heaven, next to the other gods, and make, give him a sense of importance. Well, that's I didn't expect that. Okay, I was expecting yeah, some Aven- Avengers like you. You are now under my control. Sign these papers. <laughs> No, no, no. What he decided to do was like he sent Wukong an invitation and he made Wukong come to heaven and live with him. And however, when Wukong got there, he realized that he had been given the lowest assignment in heaven possible, which is to <laughs> clean up after the Jade Emperor's forces. Okay, now that sounds like oh, an and then so Sonokon was like angry. He was like, How dare you? None of the gods are going to respect me if you make me clean up after your horses. So, because of that, Ping Ukong was like, Huh, I want to make myself immortal because you guys don't believe in me. Huh, I'm going to prove you guys wrong. And then he wanted to make himself like an equal with the other gods through this, his pursuit of eternal life. And so, this opportunity came when one day the Jade Emperor decided to hold a party to celebrate his wife, the Siwang Mu. You know, that's so nice. Like, just imagine holding a party to celebrate your wife. Oh. Makakiligin din si Anya. Slight! But like, Ukong was excluded from this party. And when he decided to drop by, he was laughed out of the hall by the other gods, which is like super rude. And so, Angered by the actions of his peers, Wukong decided to declare himself the Qi Tian Da Sheng, or the Great Sage Equal to Heaven, and made an enormous banner to challenge the Emperor. So, of course, doing this, he got arrested by troops dispatched by the Jade Emperor for his impudence. However, Wukong, being the man that has been on, being the monkey that has been on so many adventures and beat up so many um, mythical creatures, beat all of the guards like he was like poo poo pow 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 pew pew pow oh wow and go yes and then he def- after he defeating the last soldier he victoriously shouted remember my name i am the qi tian sha shang or the great sage equal to heaven sun wukong and then the king and then like the, the jade emperor was like oh yes okay um sorry uh my bad uh, you are now promo- promoted to guard Si Wang Mu's Peaches of Immortality. You're now pro- promoted to guard my wife's Garden of Peaches of Immortality. A promotion? Are you guys still with me? Yeah, he got a promotion because he beat all of the guards. Is that how you get a promotion? <laughs> well, I admire his courage, huh? Because he's not if he had the ability to build, build to bully off, to like beat all of these guards, then that means that he was strong and it was kind of dumb for the Jade Emperor to just like make him a horse cleaner when he could easily just beat up all of the guards, Deba. So the new lesson now is don't waste potential? <laughs> I agree, yeah, I think that's a good lesson. <laughs> is that is that the lesson that's trying to be imparted on us there are many lessons in life rachel there are many lessons in life uh-huh but like this uh, the monkey king like what is it what's it uh what is like what do you call that like what why why did this become like so popular because he has a lot of stories in it, and each story is an independent standalone. We're trying to cover way too many stories with way too little time. <laughs> but like, okay, what, like these stories, like, what is it trying to like say? Um, 
I feel like each story has their own independent moral, as we said before, deva. Right? Because um, okay. I, I don't think anybody sits down and listens to all 378 million of these Sunokong stories. Instead, they're more of like, okay, go to bed, baby. Um, mom, tell me a story. Oh, do you want to learn about the time Ukong went to heaven and challenged the heaven king for his throne? Yes, okay, mom. So like, so like, you know how? So if it's like a bunch of small stories, like do. Do each of these stories like have a theme, like a basis for the morals, or are they just like random morals that every anybody would follow, like don't cheat or something like that? I would feel like the consistent morals are. I, I mean, I feel like the consistent theme of the story is that Sunu Kong is a brave, daring monkey boy who is willing to go on adventures and challenge the king, mm-hmm. but I would think that some of these stories would have universal themes, such as how. You shouldn't underestimate people, even if they're like not the same as you, which I think is a common theme in the story because Ukong constantly gets, I mean, at the start, constantly gets underestimated by first his peers, then the king, but then through his oh, own okay. ability. That's like underdog story. Then Disney could also make an adaptation of this. I'm surprised Disney has not made more Chinese films into shows. May potential eh, may potential silang lahat. Mm-hmm. Pati yung lessons din, parang feeling ko, don't judge a book by its cover. Kasi, grabe, baby monkey, di ba? Aasahan mo bang ganyan yung magagawa niya? <laughs> like, kama diba? baby monkey, di ba? Parang cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of you, all of you, all of the listeners of the Silk Road podcast, you guys are all baby monkeys. You guys have all the potential in the world to burst light out of your pupils. Yes. And defeat a Jade Emperor's army? <laughs> Definitely. Believe in yourself. <laughs> but like, um, just to finish the story, I think we can wrap it up. So, of course, he, when he was sent to guard the um, peaches of immortality, he mm-hmm. ate the peaches and then he became immortal. <laughs> Isn't that like counterproductive to like good morals? Like, you're sent to guard something and then you don't? But he didn't want to guard it. He was like, this is insulting. Why am I another guard? And then so he ate all of the peaches. Hmm. Isn't that like a reflection then, of like a lack of commitment to duty? Uh, but like, imagine you defeat all the guards and then the king is like, okay, you don't have to clean up after horses now. You just have to watch over some trees. Hmm, I see. Okay. So he ate all the peaches and the king sent troops to defeat him again. And then he defeated all the troops again. <laughs> Is he like and immortal now? Uh, yeah. And then so like what happened was that Buddha, the Jade Emperor was talked to Buddha about this and Buddha banished him out of heaven and put him under a mountain for 500 years to reflect on his actions. Mm-hmm. So like, is this like Buddhist? Some sort of Buddhist thing? Well, the thing is, Many scholars are unclear about where the story actually comes from. Some think that it's a combination of Chinese and Indian folklore. And according to some scholars, we can see how like Wukong's eventual journey with the monk, the good monk, is these, similar to the road to enlightenment outlined through Buddhist, Buddhist Tang Shanjang, outlined through Buddhist teachings. So in a way, you can kind of interpret this myth as something that promotes Buddhism. Because, mm-hmm. you know, road to enlightenment, go to India, get some enlightened papers, spread it back to people. Interesting. So at this point, China and India were already like connected geolog- geographically? I think China and India has always been connected geographically. Like, so I don't they think were like in close, like they were already interacting with each other? Uh, I think trade has spanned from thousands of years ago and probably and religion is one of those things that are just easily passed through with trade as we can demonstrate from how powerful the influence of Catholicism and Buddhism is nowadays mm-hmm. right? yeah that makes sense so yeah basically I just told you guys about how Sun Wukong came to be so like he burst from a stone and then he fought a lot of demons and then he became well known for fighting a lot of demons and then he fought the king and then the king banished him to a mountain for 500 years and then he was sent to travel with the monk onto the enlightenment path and get the 
enlightened papers to spread to his people. That's basically the gist of the story. Of course, the enlightenment path and the story with the monk, there's a lot more stories there, but I think we can save that for another podcast because it can be an entire book of itself. Mm-hmm. So, like, a bunch of these stories are actually really interesting. And it it sounds like it's a blockbuster movie worthy. So, like, are there, like, medias then that, like, interpret this? Actually, yeah, this was a huge part of my childhood. Like, even though I did not, my parents did not sit down and very specifically told me to from start to end about how Sunukong works. They did. I did get like glimpses and pieces of Sunukong uh, culture and adaptions growing up. Because like, there are many cultural, there are many TV shows, films, and plays that feature him. In fact, I think video games such as the Sunson, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and the New Age of Heroes. And even League of Legends has him as a character. Hmm, interesting. I mean, it Anya, though, what do you think of the story? Okay, wait, Rachel, let's finish now. No, it would make sense. Yeah, go ahead, Anya. Well, for me, katulad nung sa sinabi niya kanina, pang blockbuster talaga. Kasi yung plot twist, like, hindi mo talaga aasahan. Alam niyo, parang yung magiging ending, like, ay, ganun pala yung nangyari. Parang, habang tumatagal yung panonood or yung pakikinig nyo sa nagkukwento or ano man yan, parang biglang, parang mas mauudyok, mauudyok pa kayo or mahihikayat na makinig. Kasi parang maghihintay pa kayo na, oo nga, ano nga yung susunod dito? Nakaka-excite. Parang ganun. Ako, oh, para, taga- para medyo, medyo tahimik lang. Mm-mm. Kaya medyo tahimik ako kasi inaabangan ko talaga kung ano yung susunod na gagawin. <laughs> I think it's really interesting too. Like, I really did not expect. Like, okay, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to fight the gods. Oh my god, he made me a horse cleaner. Oh my god, I eat. I ate all the peaches of the peaches of immortality. From the start, palang eh, impossible na agad na mangyari yung parang katulad dun si K Baby Monkey. Di ba? Na bigla siyang lumabas sa isang photo. Kasi <laughs> ba mangyari yun ngayon? So kakaiba talaga. Super unique. Thank you, Anya. Thank you. I think all myths and legends are, well, they're all they're they're their own variation, which is why they're special and unique in their own way. Like you and every other baby monkey listening to this podcast. Are we gonna refer to the listeners as baby monkeys now? Okay, they're not sulkies anymore. The next episode starts with "Hello and welcome back, baby monkeys." Monkeys. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you guys though, since you guys aren't really that familiar with. Chinese myths, but do you guys see any similarities with this story with um non-Chinese myths? Oh, I don't know anything specific, but it sounds like you know those epic tales or like the ones with like a hero in them or like Greek heroes, like you said before. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. I think it's similar to Hercules and the Twelve Labors when he had to go and fight monsters, but it's also like both tales are unique in their own way. Then. Actually, like the writers told me about like a a Filipino story. I'm not really sure about it. Like there's Pelandok, they said, who was a mischievous, ch- cunning, and trickster human standing. I don't know how to pronounce this word. A mouse deer <laughs> that would roam the southwest regions of Palawan Islands in the Philippines. I'm not really familiar since like my parents never really told me anything about like, Filipino myths. Anya, do you know the story? So technically, medyo familiar talaga ako dito sa story na to kasi naririn kinukuwento to dati nung mga teachers ko nung nasa JHSL <laughs> So medyo na excited ako sa pagkwento. So basically, tayo na gabi yung medyo similar sila kay Sun Wukong kasi yung character kasi dito na si Pilandok Super greedy, arrogant, yung parang kontrabida type lang yun yun. Parang ganun na din yung ano, parang ganun na yung vibe niya. So, Actually, yeah. Kasi, Wait, okay, mm-hmm. I'll just elaborate. Sun Wukong yeah. also was started off as kind of a mm-hmm. protagonist where you, mm-hmm. okay, he's from a, he's from a stone, yeah. we support him. But then he becomes a contrabida too, kasi he goes and bullies the king, di ba? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Police, quote-unquote police. And he, like, he was making trouble in heaven and all of that. So, And he was even imprisoned, so he wasn't really 
that good of a moral character. But through the journey to the West, he actually does become a better human being, better monkey being, with help from the three, with help from the monk. So, would you say that like Pilandok and your story also has a good turn when he becomes a good human or whatever he is? Yeah, so so last part kasi ng story may race sila ng isang snail, okay? So, isang suso. <laughs> so, alam naman natin na medyo mabagal nga talaga. Hmm. Yung snail, di ba, medyo mabagal. Tapos pala daw, sumabili siya. So, nasa mindset niya na na, ay, matutalo ko to. Mananalo ako. Mananalo ako. Kaya ko to. Kaya ko to. Ganyan, ganyan. Wala tong chance. Ganyan. Nasa, ayun na talaga iniisip niya. So, parang comfortable lang siya. Okay, relax, chill. Kaya ko to. Basic. Okay. Kaso, <laughs> unexpected, ito yung plot twist. Hindi niya inaasahan na pag tumingin siya sa likod niya, hinahanap niya, ayan, sige, oh, nasa na? Sabi na nga ba, ako mauko na. Pagkat, <laughs> pagkatingin niya ulit sa harapan, nandun na, nauuna yun, nauuna na yung, <laughs> yung snail. So, binusan niya na naman, ayun na naman, papapala naman. Ay! Okay, ayan. So, sasabihin niya naman, ah, natalo ko na to, natalo ko na talaga. And okay na. Nagulat na naman siya. Sa pangalawang beses na naman, tumingin niya sa finish line, nandun na! Nandun na yung kalaban niya! So, <laughs> syempre siya, na-shock. Oh my gosh, alam, natalo ako. Ang dami kong natalo. Mas, mada- mas malalaki pa at yung mas malalakas pa yung mga animals na talo ko nung una. Pero bakit ito, natalo ako? So, ayun, hanggang sa, hindi naman siya... Mm, ano naman siya, sporty naman siya kasi tinanggap niya yung pagkatalo niya. So parang na-realize niya na, oo nga, don't judge a book by its cover rin talaga. Di ba? Like, nothing is impossible naman. So, okay lang kahit maging confident ka sa sarili mo. Kung alam mong kaya mo, go for it, di ba? Kaso, syempre, um, as much as possible, huwag mong i-judge yung ibang tao or like, mamaaliitin. So, ayun yung twist. <laughs> Natalo siya. Nangkala niya, hindi siya matatalo. Parang ganun lang din. Na-realize niya na dapat make sure na wala kang natatapakang iba. <laughs> sorry guys. Sorry. sorry sa mga listeners namin. Na- napadaldal na naman ako. <laughs> Pasensya na kayo. Ayun na. <laughs> Hindi lang naman, ano eh, hindi lang naman tayo Chinese podcast, Filipino Chinese podcast. Oh my God! Meron din dapat, ano yan eh, meron din dapat mixture. <laughs> Ako na yung mix. It's really good that we have Anya on our podcast this year because we have a wide variety of Filipino Chinese on this podcast. Like on one end, we have me, who is quite on the Chinese side, and we have Anya, who's on the more Filipino side. Isn't it great? We have me, like, me. Middle. Middle, middle. Yeah, middle. Yay. Middle, middle. Wait, what? If you tell the teachers, why are you studying? And why are you studying Miss? There's no such thing. Sa Filipino po, <laughs> meron kami mga lessons about dyan, like yung mga alamat-alamat or something. Mga ganun. So, naalala ko lang bigla. <laughs> so, galing po ako sa Kings Matisari School. Hindi, hindi super sikat, pero yeah. Oh. Hi, guys! Kung may nakikinig man na taga-KMS, hello! May <laughs> school grade. Support your Anya. <laughs> like and share our podcast. <laughs> At syempre, mga taga-Ateneo Hi! Hello mga kapag-Atenista Ito na yung <laughs> Advertising <laughs> But seriously, Anya Don't apologize I really enjoyed your story I think it was great And I think it's a good insight Kasi I'm not personally that familiar With Pilandok and his story But it was nice to hear What kind of animal is Pilandok? A mouse deer Mm-hmm. Or, ang, ang sabi ng mga writers. <laughs> He's a mouse, but a deer? Yeah. <laughs> Para size siya ng mouse, pero alam, sa pagkakalam ko, size siya ng mouse, pero yung mukha niya medyo, medyo pa-deer na talaga. Parang ganun. <laughs> so, how did he lose? So, the, 
natalo siya kasi hindi niya alam na may kapatid pala yung susunod na kalaban niya. Parang nilin lang din siya. Nilin <laughs> lang din siya na parang yung ibang kapatid niya dito sa truck na tol. Para kapag nandyan na si Pilandok, makikita nandun pa lang siya. Pero yung iba naman, nandun na. Yung parang ganun yung hinati-hati niya hanggang yung pinaka pinakakalaban niya. Nandun na pala, nandun na sa finish na. <laughs> parang ganun yung nangyari. <laughs> Sorry guys, hindi ako magaling mag-story telling katulad ni Achi K. <laughs> Puro na tawa. Don't. I'm just happy you guys aren't like um kicking me out from being a host. <laughs> But yes, Anya, if you continue to join us on the Silk Road Podcast, I'm sure we can improve together. On that wonderful note, I think we have used up all of our time for today. It was really nice talking to the two of you and I really enjoyed sharing about our two myths today. And I, of course, enjoyed Anya sharing about the Pilan Dog story. I think it's time to end this session of the Silk Road Podcast. But again, me, Kai, uh, I kind of don't want to end this, but because of time constraints, we will see you in our next episode. Once again, I am Kai, and these two are my lovely, lovely guests. Rachel Castro and Anya Basa. If you want to say something, say something. Hello. Bye. Hi, guys. Bye. <laughs> yes, and on behalf of Silk Road, we hope you silkies, no, we hope you monkey babies always stay on the right road, the Silk Road. Bye-bye. Bye.